Welcome to the secret world of Nicolas Flamel. This is my world. Prepare to be awakened. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Jeff. Sean. I'm Rachel. And welcome to episode 92 of Deadnings. <laughs> All right. As you guys can tell, this is the April podcast of Awakening. And, <laughs> and today we are talking about. I pity the fools. <laughs> and Mr. T. <laughs> Today we're talking about Mr. T, yes. yes that, we're talking it. about Mr. T and his gold chains. Mr. He T. He has the gold Mr. aura T. because of all oh, the gold. Mr. Clean, isn't it? It's Mr. Clean. Actually, today we are talking about the alchemist, the man with all the secrets, the immortal Nicholas Flamel. Our, finally. Our tit- One of the titular, most obscure characters. Our titular character? Yes. Nicola. News mails. News mails. From the newsroom. There's a book coming out. A what? Really? Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Emails. <laughs> That's all we got. <laughs> There's a book sometime this year. Uh, I don't know who it is. This, I, I guarantee you a book will come out in May. A book will come out. A book? Any book? A book in general, yeah. A book? Book, any book, any book. I think there'll be several that'll come out. Can I get a book? One that's kind of important to us is uh, The Warlock. A little yes. over a month from now. In about 40, yes. 40 days, something around there, right? That is flamtastic. I cannot wait for that. That's going to be awesome. Oh, I'm so yes. excited for it. I wish I could read. The uh, penultimate edition of the series. It's a big word, Jeff. What's it I mean? Know. I know. Um, something. <laughs> the next to last. He has no idea. The next to last edition is what. Jeff wishes he could read, too. <laughs> Hooked on phonics worked for me. Almost. Not quite. When we started, I thought I was Jamie. <laughs> Hate it when that happens. I thought your voice changed a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> There's another book coming out in April. Oh, no, it's the uh, paperback version of The Necromancer. April 26th. Yep. So you can get that in about a week and a half. Yeah. I mean, some Very people cool. some people have the previous books in paperback, so they kind of just wait around for paperbacks to come out to complete their set. So if you're one of those people, you're getting ready to get your chance to own the Necromancer. Also, the, uh, paperbacks are also nice to donate to school libraries, I've discovered. Paperbacks yeah. are? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, school libraries. Cool. Did not know that. Yeah. And- we do have confirmation that we will get 25 Warlock quotes of the day in the month of May. Yep. It's just like yeah, we've done in the cool. last few years. Down. Yeah, like last, last couple of years. Michael will usually pick some pretty good ones. And, uh, yeah, we'll do something special for the for the last one, like like usual. I, I hope we get some, some really good ones, like, and then they walked away and shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> I love though how revealing those are. And then Josh raised Clorant into the air. Yep. 
perfectly revealed. Revealed so that. much. <laughs> so there was movie news a couple weeks ago, huh? Movie news. Can you guys believe Hugh Laurie is freaking Nicholas Flamel? Justin Bieber that be is so, Josh. Yeah, it's going to be uh, so cool. I I squeed. I squeed when I found out. Panera Bread. Hayden Panera Bread is going to be uh, Sophie. <laughs> I don't know how to say her last name. <laughs> Panteri. Panatera. Panatera. Hayden Panera Bread. I uh, squeed when I found out Justin Bieber was going to be in the yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah, we I, know you like Sean. Bieber, I was like, Bieber! Justin Bieber! <laughs> Just like that. Just really? like that. Really? Just like that, yeah. I think I heard you all the way from yeah. uh, from Massachusetts there when you, when you did that. I'm sorry, no one got that on film. But it's yeah, it's it's a joke. <laughs> just kidding. Just messing with you guys. April Fools. Oh, JK. No, no movie news yet. Sadly, it was it was our little April Fools prank for you guys. It was a great it was a great joke. Hope everybody saw it. Very nicely done. Check the uh, check the forum out in the members only section if you want to see the uh, the movie poster we we done up for you. Pretty sweet poster. Yeah, it was absolutely. Some hot looking. I don't think there was enough. Like I really wish there was more lens flare. <laughs> Every <laughs> good Hollywood poster has a ton of lens flare. It does. Yeah, it's got to be the worst feature Photoshop ever added. <laughs> Everybody uses it. It's awesome. <laughs> it makes good dramatic effects. It does. <laughs> email. What's an email? Hey. hey guys. I don't know, but we got lots hey, of them. Electronic yeah. mail. I, we do love getting emails. It makes us feel like we're not alone in the world. And I'm just, just talking to myself on this podcast every month. Yeah. You mean you're not? Guys. And? Hello. <laughs> Hello. 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 <laughs> hey, guys. First, I want to say that the podcast is awesome and to please keep it up. Second, I remember last month Jamie said something about a myth where Prometheus created humans and someone said that there wasn't one. Well, I remember in sixth grade I went on a huge Greek mythology kick and I remember reading a myth just like that. Prometheus and his brother, whose name I forget, were assigned the task of creating animals on Earth. Prometheus's brother went around creating a whole bunch of animals while Prometheus spent all of his time perfecting his creation. When he was almost done, he realized and got mad at his brother because he had given all of the teeth, claws, fur, etc. to the other animals, leaving nothing for Prometheus to give to his creation, the human. Which is why he stole the fire to give to the humans. I gave this all from memory, so feel free to correct me if I am wrong. Andrew S. See, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I think Somebody his brother's name. Just, well, I okay, think his brother's name was like Amethius or something. Like, um, no, no, really, really, it was like Amethius and Prometheus or something. He's doing like. this from memory from his sixth grade. I mean, I don't remember. He could be in seventh grade. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I've I haven't I didn't research that to see if if Jeff, that's true or not. Now you're calling two people crazy. I, you know, I'm just I'm calling it like I see it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't. Re- I didn't uh, research that, so I can't really talk about the vidality there. Thank you for the email. Epimetheus. Yeah. Epimetheus. All right. Sure. Prometheus. Our next email says, "Hey guys, I'm a fairly in parentheses new listener who has been playing catch up and listening to previous podcasts. You're always asking listeners to email you or leave a message. That is correct. Please keep that up." I have nothing to contribute to your next discussion. However, I should mention that you sort of made my day after I listened to your January podcast where you talked about Nietzsche's master or mistress, Ben Zadie. 
If you're the owner of an iPod, you know that you have the option of naming your device. As you probably guessed, my iPod's name is Benzeton. I was a bit shocked and surprised that I never made the connection. In closing, I'd like to thank you for unknowingly making me smile that day. I really love your show. I forgot to mention the reason why I love the book series so much is because it seamlessly mixes most, if not all, mythology together, making it very believable, and your podcast is the icing on top. Your discussions are fascinating, and I love hearing your theories. Keep up the great work, the book brat. I actually had not awesome. guessed what her name iPod's name was. <laughs> I hadn't there was nothing case. leading up to that. Just... <laughs> Thank you very much for the for the uh, kindly worded email. That was very nice. Yeah. I have to say, she has a very nice blog where she has a link to our podcast. So thank you. Oh very yeah, much. cool. Oh what's cool. The, uh, what's the link? Should we should we give it out there? It is. Since if you Google the book brat, you will find it. Okay, that's that that'll get us a workaround there. Okay, next email says, upon request, hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? That's from Jack. How you doing? And that's, I'm sure that is going to be the uh, Sean's request. That's, that's the same. He just said uh, he emailed hi. Was it last month? Did you just emailed hi? I told him just emails and just to say hi. So Jack did. Yep. And then so he said, well, hey, how you doing? Well, Jack, I'm doing just fine. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> I expect a response. The ball is now in your court, Jack. Uh, we hope conversation. Entire, we're gonna have an entire conversation. It's gonna take four years. We hope you didn't fall down and break your crown. Jack fell down. Yeah. How's Jill doing? Yeah. She good? Yeah. How's Jill? <laughs> Voicemail. Answering machine. Voicemails. Yay! We got some. Some. Awesome. Some. Like wow. more than I think one. We got more than one. We did get more than one. Awesome. Let's hit. Let's, First one let's hear is. It. Um, Sasha. Hello, this is this is my sister Annie and I, and we absolutely love your podcast. Say hi, Annie. You're weird. This is a sister I got addicted to this series. Bye. Thank you. Keep making great podcasts. <laughs> You're weird. That's awesome. What was that? You're adorable. Oh, Say hi. Cool. You're weird. <laughs> Stomp, 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 stomp. <laughs> runs off. <laughs> Name that sound. Name that sound. <laughs> Annie, ring away. Thank, Thank you for you that. For the, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Thanks for the for the voicemail, Sasha. That she, was awesome. She also sent us an email uh, and wanted to know who our top three favorite characters are and that hers are Scaddy, St. Germain, and Machiavelli. Oh, I will. Let's just go one by one and answer that for her since she was kindly enough to send us a voicemail. Uh, Jamie? Um, mine are probably Virginia Dare, Aoife, and mm, Mars. Mars. Uh, mine is Machiavelli, Scatty, and Niten. I'm going to have to go with uh, St. Germain, Willie Shakespeare, and Machiavelli. I think mine are uh, Scatty, Joan of Arc. Machiavelli. The third one is like three or four people that could tie. But... <laughs> Machiavelli always wins in ties. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> <laughs> he knows how. He knows how. He's the default. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I felt I, you know, I have an obligation to say Shakespeare. So obviously, yes, you absolutely did. Absolutely. Shakespearean. Uh, the other day, Sean ordered a Big Mac in Shakespearean. 
<laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Do you remember what it was, Sean? No. <laughs> oh, come on. I, I said pull that the, off pull, the... Pull the, pull the chat, chat up. up. Pull the chat up. <laughs> oh, dear. If it would pleaseth your grace, perchance it may require from you a Big Mac for my consumption. For sooth, I will then gladly hand over the payment. <laughs> Type that out this morning when Jeff mentioned something about ordering a Big Mac and Shakespearean in about half a second. <laughs> Just started typing. Very nice. Throw in a perchance and a forsooth and you're good. Yeah. <laughs> if you throw in an or or an error, you're good. Yeah, yeah. You get a hyphen out the V and for good good measure. Or add an if to the end of it. Yeah. Got another voicemail? I do. Two. Oh, I can't cool. handle this I know. excitement. It's awesome. I'm, I'm Lily. Hello, my name is Lily, and I live at I live near the Mill Valley Shadow Realm. I'd like to ask a question. Who is your favorite duo? I mean, like Billy and Machiavelli, D and Virginia, people like that, good or bad, it doesn't matter. I just really want to hear it on the show. Bye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Hello. No. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. That'll wake you up. That'll get your podcast juices flowing. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll just answer this one again. Like, uh, Jamie, go ahead. Favorite duo would have to be D and Dare. Batman. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> she didn't say from the series. <laughs> you, you like Batman, Batman and Robin? And Robin? <laughs> she didn't say from the series. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Billy and Machiavelli. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stretch the definition and say uh, Palamedes and Shakespeare. All right. I don't think that stretches it. I don't think it stretches. It. I think unless I you think may, unless you were gonna throw Jermaine in there. Then. Well, yeah, because like Jermaine, they're they're kind of a, they're kind of a triplicate with a triple threat. Know, triple threat with Jermaine uh, tossed in the mix. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, I would true. say my favorite group, if you want to call them groups, they're groupies. Right. I would say those three. Got it. Uh, actually, I really like the Scatty Joan of Arc. Ah, thing. that's a good one, yeah. So we had a poll this month. We did. Yep, we did. We did, it's true. If you were Josh or Sophie, would you trust Nicholas? Completely? Yes, but I'd keep an eye on him. Not as far as I can throw him. Still not sure. And the winner is... Yes, but I'd keep an eye on him. And yeah, that's what, I, that's what I figured. That's what I would say as well. How many people said they're still not sure at this point in the series? Like 9%. Not very many. Who, how many said completely? Was it like second or third? Uh, completely was third, but it was pretty much right. It was 11% for completely and 13% for not as far as I can throw him. And then 68% for yes. Now, see, I can throw him pretty far. So I don't know. I, mean, I was confused. Yeah... <laughs> what if we got together and threw him? Would that count? Yeah, like that's true. What if we got know. like a catapult and threw him? What if we threw him off a building? Because that's pretty far to the ground. <laughs> he would land at the same Te- time as the feather. Te- technically, they both have terminal velocity. <laughs> now you're getting all and dirty on us. <laughs> <laughs> the velocity was certainly terminal for Nick. It would be. We had a qualm. Qualm. Let's talk about your qualm. Yeah, I, like I, I want to submit QOM to Webster's Dictionary so I can use it in Words with Friends. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Just because there's not enough words with you. This so. is true. Right. Okay, qualm. QOM. 
and Nicholas Assistance's weakened state, will he be able to have an impact in the Warlock? And if so, what? That's such a good question. All right, our first one comes from Cedar Girl. Somewhere where the grass is green and the trees grow tall, but they're not as green as on the other side. Sometimes. Wait. Yeah. Sometimes. I think he will have some impact, but it might kill him. I don't think he and Perry will have to take out Mac and Billy on Alcatraz because I don't think they'll release the monster army. He might die trying to get Josh back from D and Dare. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. All right. Our... The next one is from Monica at Enoch <laughs> Enterprises HQ. Uh, I think that since Flamel is the main title character of the whole series, he won't just fade out. In his weakened state, I do not think he will feature much in the Warlock, but he'll probably come back in the Enchanter. Okay. It's it, it it definitely looks that way from the uh, from the sneak peek that we got there with Perry doing the uh, doing the daybook and everything. Yeah. Yep. So it's true. It hadn't occurred to me that he might make it through the Warlock in his weakened state. You know, all the way into the next book. So that's a good theory. Yep. Yep. Next one is from Alexandra from Mill Valley. No Shadow Realm now. Because it's destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's quite possible he will die, and that would impact the book. Or maybe if we are lucky, Josh will switch sides and give Perry and Nick the codex, and they will murder D, but probably not. (laughs) I'm going to go with probably not. Not not in the warlock. They're just going to straight up murder him. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Our next one's from Angela Braun in Florida, and she says... Nicholas will, of course, have an impact. He's the alchemist. He will stop Mars. Ooh, stop Mars from what? Dun-dun-dun. From the sneak peek, he seems like he's getting free, so. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-
I know. I was, I was just messing around. Quit being a smart. <laughs> Quit using my noggin. When'd you start? Not tonight. This response is from Micah from Tampa. And the response is, yes, he will prove to be a burden that may mess up Sophie's training. <laughs> oh, wow. That's interesting. That's, oh, heavy burden. That's pretty funny. Yeah. He's going to be, he's like an old man. They need to take your retirement home. He's, he's going to get He's going to turn into Gilgamesh. He's going to turn into Gilgamesh. Yeah. He's yeah. He's going to lose his aura, turn into Gilgamesh. He's going to start calling Sophie different names. Michelle. Michelle. Come <laughs> here, Michelle. <laughs> Where's your brother Steve? Where is he? <laughs> Why is he talking like a guy from Brooklyn? I don't get it. I was gonna say you, you, you a remarkably good Jewish old man. <laughs> Why is he a Jewish guy from Brooklyn? Michelle, today. that's exactly what the witch sounds like though in the audiobook. Only a old female. Man. Oh, your grandmother? You can't call your grandmother. <laughs> Our last response is from Alexander in Pine Forest Shadow Realm. Did everybody like hide up in Shadow Realms all of a sudden? Like you guys all moved, yeah. like picked up. It's, and... it's the cool thing to do. Except Micah, he's in Tampa. Seems like it. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> and Alexander cult. says, for the most part, no. He might help a little, but he's so old now, he'll try to avoid <laughs> using his magic as much as possible, so he won't die. Hey, Michelle, come here. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's an old guy. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's 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 on his last leg, so to say, so to say. No, I think that's a good point because he's tried yeah. to stop from or keep from using his magic majority of the series. So I think yeah, I mean, from the very beginning, it. yeah, from the very beginning, he's not he's not been using it or trying not to use it. He always he seems to seems to have to. He's kind of snuck it in there a few times. Yeah, yeah, he's he's had to, of course, but. As far as the impact on the as far as the impact on the warlock, I mean, uh, I'm I'm kind of in that with everybody else. You know, he's from the state he's in, from what uh, you know, parent out on the daybook and everything. He's he's in he's in pretty bad shape. Take him to a healing shaman or something to, <laughs> to get, his, get, his, get his health points back up. <laughs> He'll get, he's going to eat a uh, HP. he's going to eat a red uh, a red mushroom. A red, red elixir. Yeah, a red. <laughs> a phoenix down. Yep. To make a Final Fantasy reference. Yep. So, Nicholas Flamel, would you guys trust him? Oh, yes. Nicholas Flamel. I mean, what do you, <clears throat> at that point, you know, I don't know that there's much of a choice. I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of it. I mean, Josh is obviously deluding himself into thinking that D has his best interest in mind. So... I mean, what do you do? You know, you got to be on one of their sides. Well, you right? could choose to do nothing, I mean, but there wouldn't be much of a story there. <laughs> no, well, no, but they couldn't really. Just one of them would come and find them, so. I mean, he really, I mean, it's not, he hasn't really lied. He's certainly not told everything, but yeah. he hasn't lied. He's told a lot of half-truths and withheld truths, sure. I think he's more withheld than told half. I wouldn't say he's told many half-truths. Hey, I said he told half. That means he told half. Quarter-truths. <laughs> Nickel-truths. I think after the necromancer, I'm more scared of Perry than Nick. She yeah. wears the pants in that family. Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> no question about she it. She is the pant wearer. Absolutely. Well, also, I think that, uh, I mean, I think they are so used to keeping everything to themselves and not trusting anybody and not telling 
not telling people everything, you know? Sure, sure. But, the crystal skull is not the only thing she has in that box. The symbolic box. Yeah, the, the crystal skull box. The box of fun. Perry wears the pants. Perry wears oh. Nick's pants, for sure. For sure. Yeah, Perry's um, definitely in charge of the two. I think she lets... I think she lets Nick. Oh, absolutely. She lets everybody think that Nick is in charge, but it's actually her because he can't do anything. The whole, the whole he can't hardly do anything with when when he's apart from her. He's like, he's always saying, "I wish Perry was here. She'd know what to do. Yeah. I wish Perinelle was here. She'd know what to do." He it's like he can't even think for himself sometimes. Although, well, he's he's the more he's the more cerebral. He's all in his head. She's more of the action person. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, he knows what to do if push comes to shove. He he reacts instinctively, but she's sort of, she's the action planner. He's he's more cerebral. He he's the alchemist. He thinks about things. He plans things. He can you know manipulate the elements. But it's not he's not the war strategist right. that she is. Yeah. Although he seems to have more knowledge of the codex and what's contained within it, and than Perry does. Like Perry went yeah, off and studied all the, the magic, but he seems like he studied. It doesn't seem like she cares much about everything else, you know, about like the alchemy and the stuff in the codex and everything like that. She's she like leaves that to him. And then, you know, she's off on other on her own devices, learning, you know, different magics and things like that. True. She they have they have different focus. She's focused on learning all of the secrets of the codex. And he's more, he looks more inward. She looks out to other things. Right. Right. More of a planning. Mm-hmm. It's true though, and people assume because he is the alchemist that he is the sort of the stronger of the two in that relationship. And it's not until the story develops that you really get how much he depends on her to get him through the world because he's so in his head. Absolutely, professor. Thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, he strikes me as one of those people that's just so in awe of the world and how it's changed, and you know that he he kind of just takes in his surroundings, whereas Perry like goes out there and looks for knowledge for knowledge and magic and things to study and is concerned about how the world will end up and Nick kind of just stands back and enjoys it the way it is. Mm. Kind of get that impression about You mean all the, all the new and all the changes? Yeah. These guys in the MySpace Yeah, that's true. Page. He's the one with the rock he's the one with the rock t-shirts and the And the MySpace pages. All that. MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when MySpace was cool. When was MySpace cool? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got one. He does have one. But yeah. Okay, so okay. let's talk about him and his whole, you know, keeper of the book kind of role that he's played, the Guardian of the Codex thing. Because he... He almost made himself the Guardian. Kind of. I mean, yeah, he, he bought the book. Some guy with a hook told him he was in charge. <laughs> Didn't know how to read it. Um, I'd have returned it. I'd been like, I kept my receipt. <laughs> I can't, can't even word. read this thing. You know what? Every time the I open this book, it's changing. a different story. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> kind of like the never-ending story it writes as you go. You know what it is? Yeah. This is what it is. Marethi went came came to the future to you know 2011. He stole an iPad and he took it back to you know 1400s, <laughs> and that's what the codex is. <laughs> Nick was like, what every, is this fandangled technology? It's so magic. Steve, Steve Jobs well, it is, is touch, It is touch sensitive after all. <laughs> exactly. Steve Jobs is Marathew. I never thought of that. Yep. <laughs> he figured it out, finally. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. But it's funny because it, it kind of seems like when you're reading it in the text, like he got the book 
or he he purchased the book from I think it doesn't say anything it doesn't say the first time about it being a hook handed man. He says uh the man had astonishing blue eyes. And he was wearing a hood and something rather Right. But I don't think it says anything about a hook when he's first talking about buying the codex. He says the hook handed man taught him how to read the codex. <clears throat> so, you know, was it the same person? Marithu would have had to have been the guardian of the codex. I think in the Necromancer, it finally confirms that it was, in fact, the hook-handed man who sold the book. Who sold him the book? Yeah. So do we know approximately how long Nicholas had Codex in his possession? I know it's a majority. Like when he got it? Yeah. Three and a half years. Ha ha. <laughs> nope. Guess not. <laughs> anyway, Jamie, when do you think that it was confirmed? I think in the... The necromancer. Well, I guess what I'm kind of confused. What I want to make sure is what it, the, it said first. Yeah, first it it said that it was because, a hooded man with blue eyes. Because he would know, you know, who he bought the book from. If who he bought the book from was the same guy who taught him how to read it, you know. Yeah, I think. Bought, if you bought a book and opened it up and was like, uh, I can't read this. <laughs> can you help me? I mean, if that happened at the same time, I can see, you know him saying it a specific way but i mean the word hood doesn't even link to anything in, important that i can even see right in the alchemist right i mean i keep getting the car hood or the morrigan's hood right here's the quote you're looking for in the necromancer then they oh, yeah, had been simple <laughs> ordinary people living unremarkable lives until that fateful day when nicholas had bought the codex the book of Abraham the Mage from the hooded man with astonishingly blue eyes. And that was there where? That was the in necromancer. The necromancer. Okay, I knew I read it somewhere. Yeah. See, I mean, he knows who the hook-handed man is because he talks about him in The Magician. He tells where, you know, Sophie's about to say his name and he said, he stops her and says, don't say, say his name. And he says, you know, to Jermaine, uh, you know, did he, was he missing, you know, one of his hands? So. And, and The Magician? Yes. yes. Nicholas. They just recited the prophecy, and Nicholas says, it says, And Nicholas knew beyond a shadow of a doubt he was the immortal mentioned in the prophecy. The hook-handed man had told him. Right. That was when he was t- teaching him how to read the book. Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't confirm where he, where, who sold him the book. We still need to find that. Yeah, I can't remember if it was actually confirmed. Half a millennium ago, Nicholas and Paranel had traveled throughout Europe in an attempt to understand the Metalbound book. Yeah. Right. So maybe it never did confirm, but I I guess it's heavily implied that it was... Well, not really. I mean, we we know that um, Gilgamesh was was a previous guardian of the book. Maybe it was Gilgamesh. Maybe it was Gilgamesh. Could be. He's got astonishing blue eyes. True. Does it ever say? So... Possible. Possible. A lot of people have blue eyes. Shakespeare has blue eyes. Yeah, but Shakespeare was like twelve when he first met Nicholas. <laughs> True. And he already had the book. And he already had the book. That is an interesting point. Shakespeare apprentice for Nicholas. That Shakespeare what? Point four. Apprentice for Nicholas. Oh yeah. And then yeah. betrayed him was and an ran apprentice. off. And Jermaine uh, G- was an apprentice to him. We haven't heard much about that except that he Nicholas thought that he uh, could have been better than what he turned out to be. Yeah, he apprenticed an awful lot of people. Uh, didn't he teach D as well? No, yeah, he was the he was uh, D was his apprentice first when he. Uh, I I don't know that first is accurate, but um, it was before when, Shakespeare. 
Yeah, but it was when D got his immortality, he was he was living with the Flamels apprenticing right. under him. When D got, uh, you know, his elders summoned him by the Mor, you know, the Morgan summoned him, to, or the, the the gargoyle came and got him in at uh, Flamel's house, and then he met the Morgan and his elders. But yeah, he was an apprentice to uh, Flamel. Flamel's had a hand in a lot of people's training. Yep. Curious. Well, that's the thing. I mean, after all of these years, exactly how much, how many people have they influenced? How many people has he touched? In shaping the path that they're on, one right. way or the other. He made if he made himself guardian, then or he was told that, that was his role. You know how he how he took it on has shaped the path that so many people who have come into contact with them. Right. How, what path they ended up being on. Well, the, the whole thing about him and being the guardian of the book, you know, that's why I kind of wanted to find out who it was that gave it to him because if it's if it's like say it's like Gilgamesh or something it, it's less likely that Gilgamesh was sitting around waiting you know just for Flamel to come and and buy the book from him you know what i mean mm-hmm. if it's Marethew then you know Marethew is specifically uh looking for Nicholas to have the book because he knows he's supposed to be the guardian otherwise you know he just finds a book and buys it and it's the book of them you know what i mean the guardian yeah, sure. You know, the Guardian would have only sold it to who he thought was going to be, was supposed to be the next Guardian. The next Guardian. Right. And we know that Gilgamesh was the first Guardian, but we've never heard if there was anyone in between there. Yeah. Between, um, who was in between Gilgamesh and and Nicholas, if there was anyone in between. Right. With immortality, it could have gone just from one to another. Right. Without, yeah. Right. So, yeah, and it's, it's never specified. Nope. One way or the other. No, just that, the blue eyes. Be... Just the blue eyes and the hood. The hood. Well, I mean, but yeah, but still, you know, obviously it's implied. But I think I think that I don't. I'm not sure that he would be confused. It was between, Josh between the two people. You know he what I mean? It from Josh. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I, I don't We're think he would there. be confused. He would be confused in himself. You know, in him talking between the two people, I don't think he would. He would just say blue eyes and a hooded cloak, you know, and, and leave out the tidbit, you know, of having a hooked hand. But add it in later when he's talking about the person who taught him how to read the book. Right. You would think that the hand would be sure. very evident yeah, at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So, I don't think we can say from the from the uh, from the text that you know we just we just read from the quotes that we just read that the person who sold him the book was the hook-handed man. So the interesting thing is, or another interesting thing, is I agree with you that the whoever sold him the book had to know that he would agree to be the next guardian would be a good guardian of the book, otherwise it wouldn't have passed out of somebody's hand. But was he specifically chosen, or was, and if so, you know, what's this kind of master plan? Right. Like did how many, how many hands does it pass through? How many people? How many? Right. I mean, like, let's say um, Abraham told Gilgamesh that you know, ten thousand years from now, uh, or you know, nine thousand six hundred and twelve years from now, That's <laughs> a, a, a humani named Nicholas Flamel is going to walk into a bookstore and or walk into a shop and you know wherever and. Buy buy this book for him, and you're you're going to sell it to him. You know, I mean, that's completely possible. Logic yeah, would dictate absolutely. that Marefu was the one who sold it to him, only because Marefu would know that yes. Nicholas was the guardian. But but then you get into the whole self fulfilling prophecy. No, of 
We sure of, sort of yeah. would he have been the guardian if Marethu never like is he the guardian because Marethu told him he was, or was he always destined to be the immortal? Yeah, was he always right. destined to find this book? Well, the thing about the thing about that is Marethu would have had to have gotten the book from somewhere. You know, how would he have possession of the book? I think he already has eight. the last two pages, so he only needs the rest of them. <laughs> but still, <laughs> still. <laughs> I mean, where you know, let's say, let's say for argument's sake that the hooded man with blue eyes that sold him the book was Marethu. How does he have possession of the book? If there's any number of ways Marethu could have gotten it. Right, I don't understand, but I mean, I mean, if he's been he's been around for millennia upon millennia upon millennia. Yeah. But so, there's a there's a link there missing is what I'm saying. That's why my first jump is to is to Gilgamesh because we know he had the book at one point and we know he's got blue eyes. I can't remember if there was a quote that said there were there have been many guardians of the book or not. There's when they're I think when they're talking to Gilgamesh, he mentions he mentions something about uh, guardians of the book because there's no real reason Gilgamesh would have ever had to give up guardianship. Not specifically, no. Well, he kind of. Well, crazy. I mean, unless um, unless part of the plan is to keep it moving. Well, so and Fennel seems to think that he's also not only is he is he the immortal in the book, but he's also the next to last guardian of the book, and he knows right, that what, he's giving the twins the the twins of legend will be the last you know owners of the book. Right, and was he was he told that, or did he read the prophecy and decide he was the immortal? Right, or is there something else in that those other you know, 19 or whatever pages, because, you know, we let, no, the last two is the final summoning. Sure. Page we don't know what, yeah. yeah, we don't know what's in the rest of the book. <laughs> we don't know what's in the rest of it, no, no. Do we know what was in the pages that um, Josh read? Well, he had the last two pages, so that would have been the final summoning. Well, I don't, it, but he didn't really, I think we got like a sentence or something. Right, right, right. Yeah, he didn't well, really Well, he it. said, but here's the thing, the final summoning may be on the last two pages, but there's probably but other stuff there, too. How many... No, no, there's thousands of other things that's yeah. on there. Every single day, the text changes. I mean, for them to find the right... They had to be there at the right time, right uh, You know, after something with the moon, to get the immortality potion in, from the book. They had to be there at a very specific time to, to read the pages that came up. So, right. you know, how many other thousands of things are on those two pages? A lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of stuff. All of the knowledge of the world. I'd imagine there's some alchemy in there, too, because, you know, Nicholas seemed to take a big interest in the book once he acquired it. And I'm guessing it wasn't until after he acquired the book that he started studying alchemy. But I could be wrong. He might have done that prior to. I don't know if that's ever specified. No, I think that the alchemy was... He was already uh, a scientist, you know, studying uh, chemistry, alchemy before the book. Yeah, because That's that would right. be that would be the Nicholas, you know, from from history That's or whatever. And then just learned more from the Codex, maybe. Right. Yeah. Because he knows an awful lot about alchemy. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, this is Nicholas talking. This is Nicholas talking, and it says he says. It is said that he was once the guardian of the Codex, and that he even knew the mythical Abraham who created the book. He's talking about uh, Gilgamesh, Nicholas is. And then later on, this is I believe this is Palamedes talking to Nicholas, and he says, um, No one forced you to become the guardian of the book. You took that role gladly and without question. 
just like all the other guardians before you. Yeah. So there were you were heads. different. Says, but you were different from your predecessors. They went into hiding with it, but not you. You stayed in this world, and because of that, many Humani have died. Now, now here's an interesting question based on what we were talking about before with Perry. Would Nick, on his own, would Nicholas have gone into hiding like the other guardians of the book? Was it Perry's influence that kept him in this world and fighting, being taking more and more of an aggressive stance with the book? I'm not completely sure he would have gone into hiding per se, but I don't think he would have been nearly as aggressive with seeking out the twins and the, right. they, the two well, of them were. It kind of goes into that self-fulfilling prophecy thing Sean was talking about. I mean, if he if he sits there and reads the codex and says, "That's me," you know, that's talking yeah. about me. You know, he's not yeah. going to go into hiding if the hook-handed man tells him how to read the book and says, "Hey, this is talking about you." Yeah, true. Then of course he's not going to go into hiding. You know, but other people right. aren't going to know that that don't have the codex and don't know you know specifically what the prophecy says and that the the prophecy is talking about Nicholas. You know, Palamedes may have. Not not made that comment had he known, you know what we know. I guess. Right. Yeah. Circles and then circles. <laughs> yeah. You drive yourself crazy. <laughs> you drive me crazy. Thank you, Brittany. No. 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 That's no. enough of that. <laughs> and I also think it's interesting that he didn't have possession of the book the entire, however many hundreds of years that he was supposedly was guardian of the book. There were a couple of times where they went and hid it somewhere and then had to steal it back. There was some mention of a cardinal or something yeah. that they... Oh, cardinal yeah, Cardinal Richelieu. Richelieu. Yeah, that he... Yeah. Yeah, that he... Uh, from the... From Free Musketeer fame. From yep. It. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that he knew that there were places... There were periods of time where the book would actually be safer not with him. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times... I'm searching Guardian in all of the, uh, the e-books, and most of the time when Nicholas is talking about the book, he says he either says Perry and I are guardians of the book or we are guardians of the book. It's a team effort. Right. But he said he does say uh this is when he's talking to Hecate, he says because I am the guardian of the book. Mm. So and and that's when he says right then is when he says that he is the next to last guardian. And I I assume that's information that Merethew had given him when he taught him how to read the book and told him that he was the you know the guardian that appeared in the in the prophecy. Mm-hmm. 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 I was yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. So, um, but you know, the question still stands. You know, who, where did he get the book? Did Merethew steal the book from the last, the last guardian, or was Merethew the guardian? That would that, uh, that I would find a lot harder to swallow. Well. Okay, but, just no. playing into into Sean's theory here for a minute, not saying I, I buy into it completely, but if Marathew is Josh, he would potentially have it at the end of the series, quote-unquote, or the end of the story. So what if he just right. took it immediately back? Well, but then there would be two, in Nicholas's time, there would be two books floating around. Two coda. Maybe there are. Well, th- yeah, I, it's possible. Um, if Chris was here, she'd be going, <laughs> and her head would explode. She'd be interrupting every time we tried saying something <laughs> okay, about it. Okay, whoa, whoa, my head's going to explode. <laughs> and she sounds ah. just like that. <laughs> but, um, kidding. But, but, you know, I, I think that from what we've seen, you know, that that's not the case. Just, just, just my opinion. Um, I think there's, you know, only one book in the time. In Nicholas's mm-hmm. time. So 
if Marethu is the one who sold him the book, you know, how did he how did he get the book? That's what I want to know. I kind of wonder if it's one of those things where it had a guardian and then maybe it kind of got quote unquote lost for a little while. You know how these ancient artifacts go missing for long periods of time and then, you know, right. it's like somebody had it and they died and then, you know, it got lost and then reappeared well, and, and somebody Palidis else says you're the only guardian that didn't go into hiding like in other shadow realms, hiding deep into shadow realms and stuff. So let's say uh, a guardian had maybe went into a uh, you know a, a dark hidden shadow realm somewhere to live you know his immortal life falls off a cliff and dies and you know the books <laughs> laying at the so bottom forbid. of the cliff in some in some crazy shadow realm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then Marethu swoops in and takes it to And then Marethu goes it. and takes it to Nicholas. I wonder, because doesn't it say that Nicholas bought the book? I wonder how much they charged him for it. Yeah, fourteen ninety five. <laughs> now, are all... <laughs> See, I I don't know why he just didn't get the e-book. <laughs> yeah, he did on his, on his iPad. He's got the internet. <laughs> he's got the, the iBooks app. <laughs> are we just assuming that the only guardians of the Codex have been Humani? Um, Maybe they weren't all immortals. That, well, who who would have? They the may not have person, all been immortals. The but I think they were all Humani. The only person we it has know to be Humani. All the guardians are Humanis. Well, the elders can't touch it, and the yeah, next the generation can only look on it, look at it. They can't touch right, it. The, so the elders can't even look at it. Yeah, but yeah. Next generation can't even touch it. So, so it have to be. Uh, I meant more. I mean, they might not have all been immortal. Yeah. No, but no, obviously, they may not have been. Flip, if if you're taught how to flip, how to read the book, and you find an immortality potion, I mean, <laughs> you know. Well, maybe well, they weren't the taught. Maybe not everyone who's guarding it could read it. I well, think that if, would be. I mean, that if would be somebody else bought, safe. if somebody else sold Nicholas the Codex, and then later he was taught how to read it, perhaps some of the guardians of the book didn't know how to read it. It's almost it would be safer if the guardians it. couldn't read it. Not necessarily yeah. because the, they the, the dark know, elders need D to read the final summoning. They because they can't look at it is why they need D, yeah. not because they I know how to read. No, it. I know, which means they need someone who can read it. But so there's there also guardian, spells and, and things in there that the guardian needs to know. That's not if true. They're going to be the guardian. Yeah, it is. Not necessarily. Sure, he, they would. The guardian would need to know the prophecy. And need to know that the book contains prophecy can easily be just passed down. I guess that's true, but I I don't see I don't see the the relevancy to that though. I mean, yeah, you just say, oh, here's a book. It's very very Nick, important. Yeah, but you just keep so it then, safe. Then how do you explain the fact that Nick had the book for years before he was even before he was able to learn how to read it? it and was, he was shown by Refu. He maybe wasn't it wasn't his time to learn book. how to read it yet. I mean, you'd think if that, he was that taking goes back into the whole thing of who gave him the book. If he was taking, if, if a he guardian was gave him the book, then yeah, okay, I can see your valid point. But if we're still saying the hook of man gave him the book, then maybe he taught him at the same time. He, he didn't. Him. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. He, he, had, it, he had it for map. yeah. He had it for a while before he learned how to use it. Oh yeah, before he learned how to read it. But so, I would think the codex would be safer if the person guarding it couldn't read it. It would be intrinsically safer because the dark elders. We but, still need someone that could. But you, then you're also asking someone to keep that object safe and in the same breath not telling them what it is or how to use it, but expecting expecting them – but expecting them to you know give up the rest of their life to keep it safe with they don't have a clue what in the world it is. I'm not saying that they well, don't we're, have a clue what it is. I mean we're also talking about an age of superstition for humanity. I mean – 
the the things that were revered and the the things that were taken literally on faith were you know and not dissected as we do now. You could this have, is true. A lot. You could have told somebody then that this was a sacred object, and they needed to keep it safe. And a lot of people might have taken that at face value, this depending on who the person we was know, telling them that. This is true. We know they took them into shadow realms, and if we're assuming they're immortals, they probably very much know exactly what it is. Doesn't mean they know how to read it. Well, yeah, but yeah. then but then we have Nick, who gets the codex and runs around. Looking for years and years and years, trying to find somebody. Trying to figure out how to read it. How to read it, and but that's very so. much his personality. Like he he runs out and seeks knowledge, and yeah. to a degree, yeah, yeah, within his realm of interest, so to speak. Because he's not like Perry. So, yeah, he didn't go out. I just I just think with the power that's contained in the book, that it would be more useful for the guardian to know how to read it and how to use the spells and how to use the things inside of it to aid them in protecting it. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, to go back, I mean, to if since we're on the the spinoff topic of the Codex with, with Nicholas here, if Josh is Marefu, and we, we saw that Josh could stop the text and was able to read it, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty easy way for Marefu to teach someone to read it. Yep. I mean, it, it could be that no one really knew how to read it. Right. Well, if the whole um, reading it takes you know, or power, you know, how would Gilgamesh read it? He wouldn't. Exactly. I mean, he was there when it was written. Yeah, he knows what's in it, obviously. He knows everything inside of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know that, that's kind of irrelevant. You know, him reading it or not, he knows everything that's in there. Yeah. So, I don't know that it's necessarily, I mean, did he buy it in a used bookshop and went, hey, this book's kind of weird? Probably. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like something Nick would do. <laughs> right. I picked it up. He goes, oh, this book looks kind of cool. It's got copper binding. Yeah. yeah. Buy this. <laughs> What's copper? <laughs> Can I turn it into gold? What's copper? Yeah, he just saw a metal-bound book and went, score. <laughs> I'm going to scrap this. <laughs> and then he took it home and tried to turn it into gold. And yeah, this alchemical town. <laughs> All right, so we've, we decided we don't know who sold the book. And, or... You know, if it was a requirement for the the guardian to know how to read the book, you know, possibly they didn't because every guardian would assume they were the one in the prophecy. Not necessarily, but well, not necessarily, but it's possible. And we also, I mean, we don't really know. The only thing we know that's in the codex is an immortality spell and a final summoning and a prophecy. Prophecy. No, we know the uh, the philosopher's stone that turns you know ordinary objects out. Yeah, that's. That's not no. That's, Nick and Perry's different. immortality thing. No, they're no, the uh, the philosopher's stone's not their immortality sp- spell. It's completely different. Yeah, it's so, what I mean, they we'll use to make jewels. The philosopher's stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The philosopher's stone is the thing that turns uh, mm-hmm. ordinary metals to gold and stones into jewels. The immortality potion is separate from that. Which they later use the jewels and stones to buy hospitals and do philanthropic right, things. Right, right. So there's at least three things there. Which kind of plays into the historical... But none of which would help you to protect Not that Kodak. we know of. No, yeah, no, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, there may be... One page may have, you know, 10,000 you know, pages worth of information. Yeah, because he, they can only see the immortality spell on a specific day of the month. Right. Right. So, you know, one page may be completely dedicated to, you know, uh, 
you know, fighting stuff or, you know, war tactics, you know, who who knows mm-hmm. what's on the other pages. Alchemy. <laughs> I mean, and if, and here's another question, you know, if, if the codex contains all of history of like the archons and everything like Ab- that Abraham was putting in there, you know, like, you know, tens of thousands of years of arcane, archon knowledge is in there. You know, why is he unsure you know why does he why does he question certain things when it should be you know the information in there that's in the codex? Well, that it. Well, I guess the majority of it would be historical knowledge, but then some of it is like right. prophecy, so it's kind of hard to interpret. Also, if it, I mean, if it it has contains all of that knowledge and it changes all the time, six hundred years may not be enough time to have read the whole thing. Um, probably not. No. No. No, probably not. Well, and, and there's I'm, not just one prophecy. I mean, the the prophecy is not the only prophecy that that he made in there. Well, and he obviously mm-hmm. didn't understand the prophecy. Him and Perry went around trying to find twins, and they said, you know, sure. they, they looked for golden silver. Well, and, twins, and that's so. the same thing with they they were told they were that Nicholas was the immortal in in the prophecy. So that's that's when they started to go out and do that. Yeah, but, that's when they just they began. They you know the, you know Matthew said, "This is you. You'll find the twins. You'll train them. You know you'll." you know, save the world or whatever. So that's when they started looking for the twins. It only took them, you know, 600 years to find them. Well, no, they found a whole bunch. <laughs> oh, yeah, they found they a lot. They just didn't find the twins. <laughs> <laughs> they found twins, all right. They found twins, and then they said they, they would get people with, like, a red or an orange aura, you know, when they couldn't, or gray, or people that weren't even twins that may have matched the... They looked alike. They kind of look alike. Let's go with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> They sort of look. They had they had many run-ins with D over the course of you know he he almost burned down London or something. Or yeah, yeah. Yep. He was quite destructive. But he did. Responsible for the Great Famine. Great Famine. Yeah. Potatoes, potatoes, less potatoes. Yep. Exactly <laughs> that. That's the one. And the London Fire, and then San Francisco. There was some reference that he was in. Was it New Mexico in like the fifties or something? Oh, that was Gilgamesh. That wasn't. Oh, and no, the, yeah, the nuclear test, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was Gilgamesh. That wasn't D, though. Gilgamesh was trying to kill himself, and they were trying to stop him. Well, they were there. <laughs> oh no, I thought you were talking about D was there. No, no, Nicholas. I, it, it, well, we were all counting down, you know, the times that D and Flamel <laughs> had their fight, and you were like, and he was in <laughs> New Mexico. <laughs> so I thought you were. I was following talking about that same line. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been all over the place. Yeah. I don't know about historic Flamel, except for what I've learned from the books and the historical Flamel. I mean, there's everybody knows. There's very little online. There was actually a really interesting documentary type hour long thing on the History Channel on. The, it was actually on the Sorcerer's Stone, but it talked a lot about Flamel and Abraham the Mage and the Codex or the the Book of Abraham the Mage was written. It's kind of interesting if you guys ever see it on. History Channel, hmm. I recommend what, you. Well, I mean, what's it? Do you know what it's called? Not off the top of my head. It had Sorcerer's Stone in the title, though. In the title? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. So most Harry Potter people would stop to, to watch it. No, I, I mean, and they, they even mentioned Harry Potter, you know, brought up the Sorcerer's Stone. But, yeah, it was, I mean, I think they came into it a little bit, too. So, little, yeah. So. Did they call it the, 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 that's what the show was called? The show so was... They, 
I think they actually said sorcerer's stone, or did they say philosopher's? No, stone? they said sorcerer's stone. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, I'm serious. That's hilarious. That's funny. It's not a very historical name for us. <laughs> uh, the real sorcerer's stone. That's funny. No, maybe. I guess they were playing off of the Harry Potter thing, so they had to go no, with that. With it, that it's called uh, it's called decoding the past. The real sorcerer's stone. Hmm. It'll be the real sorcerer's stone. So I suppose it's not a terrible. I mean, they're obviously pulling in people from the Harry Potter crowd. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They, that's yeah, why right. they did that, yeah. But it was it was actually very interesting. It talked about Nick and yeah. the book, like I said. And so kind of ties very well into the whole series. Right. Do they call it the Sorcerer's Stone, like, through the show? Mm-hmm. Really? Interesting. <laughs> it's just not, not very historical at all. <laughs> well, I think it was, it was an American. It also doctor. sort of didn't exist, so... <laughs> says you. Yeah. I have it's four only, books that been, say otherwise. Been, I was going to say, it's only been talked about for 550-some years in, in 175 <laughs> different countries. <laughs> El, have you ever seen one? I have I've one in my one. back pocket. What are you talking about? Ah, I got beat you. I said it for Yeah, me. and you <laughs> still have a job, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you know it was possible to turn lead into gold? Yes. It's called the Mi- it's called the Midas touch. It is. He's got the Midas touch. So uh that about covers Nicholas. That about he, covers Nick. We're yeah, not too sure I mean, where he's headed. He is one. I mean, he is one of the more mysterious characters even though he is, you know, the title character of uh, you know, of the series and you know, it's his series, but I, I don't know. I, I He's mysterious because he has secrets. That's why I was so hesitant to to do this episode for so long. I mean, we've put it for two and a half years. We put this episode off, and we talked about a codex. Yeah. Well, so maybe know, we will just... find out some of his secrets in the Warlock. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. I hope so. <laughs> that would be nice. Well, and you know, the series is called "The Secrets of." Right? It is. So he... Yeah, if he told us, they'd have to change the name. Yeah. <laughs> the revelations of Nicholas Flamel. <laughs> the Immortal Book 7. The things that are no longer secret. Book 7. That's the name of it. <laughs> the revelations of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel. Yep. Of no longer. <laughs> the answerer. The significantly mortal. <laughs> the answerer. Answerer. So, yeah. That's Nicholas in a nutshell. Help, I'm in a nutshell. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. I could be bound in a nutshell and count myself a king of infinite space were it not that I had bad dreams. Thank you, Shakespeare. <laughs> it's one of my lines. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Hammy. So that's time. basically all uh that's basically all we've got on uh on Nicholas. Hopefully we'll you know gleam some more information about him from the next two volumes. Gleam. Good word. Yeah. Gleam. You've used like clean, you've used penultimate. And then I'm all over the vocabulary today. lesson. I'm being being very articulate. That's the sound of Jeff of the day calendar. being grammatical. <laughs> grammatical. <laughs> That's the sound of Jeff being uh, grammatical. Anyway, next time will be month of the Warlock release. So we're going to be doing all of our Ooh, very exciting. Yeah, all of our Warlock predictions. You get to um, you get to see how wrong we truly are. Yeah. Okay. How bad we really you get to, are. You get to hear what we think, and then a week later you'll find out how wrong we really were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we find out how wrong we were. 
I'm a little frightened. <laughs> or how wrong Jamie was, you know. No. That's right. <laughs> you are all going down. <laughs> so if you guys can, if you like the episodes, if you like our podcast, please go on to um, iTunes and leave us a review of the show. Give us uh, give us five stars. We only take five stars. Give us, give us ten stars. Give us some stars. Leave a review, some comments. Tell everybody how great the show is. Um, tell your friends to listen. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. <laughs> uh, you Maybe can even... force your friends to listen. Force your little sisters to leave us voicemails. Absolutely, because you're so weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at awakenings at fulmels-immortal-portal.com or you can email the individual portal casters at their first name at fulmels-immortal-portal.com. That's all for this episode. Until the next Legate opens, this is... Jamie. Jeff. Sean. And Rachel. Signing off. Warning, this podcast may induce uncontrollable laughter, resulting in stares, glares, and strange looks from members of the general public. Please take the appropriate steps to protect yourself from these embarrassing moments. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that. Sure. Okay, who am I? Your name is Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Did you forget? (laughs) Sometimes. It's a very long day. With calling her Chris and just say she's got a cold. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we could be like what's that what's that sound we'll just have rachel talk <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> so name that sound you're, you're clapping <laughs> what's the opposite of awakenings Sleeping. Sleeping. <laughs> go to go to the dot com and find out what's the opposite. You should just use sleeping. Well, it would be like going to sleep. So yeah, but it would passing out something. <laughs> passing out. You're getting very. Sleepy. Welcome to episode ninety two of passing out. <laughs> <laughs> Antonyms: dead in, go to sleep, or hypnotize. Deadening. Deadening. Hypnotizing. Deadening. <laughs> I am the detonator. <laughs> can you play the intro music backwards? Um, I don't know if I can do that. That was awesome. What the heck was that sound? Save that sound! <laughs> I don't want to know. Hold on, I'll do it again. <laughs> you, have a, you have an empty bottle? I don't want to know what that was. <laughs> was that an empty bottle? No, oh, dude, it doesn't. <laughs> no, please don't. I have a bad feeling about that. <laughs> I can't even blow it up now. <laughs> Did you blow up the... You blew up the glove. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you blow He's the blowing glove. up the rubber glove. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I, I, think you, I, I think you just did made the entire blooper reel yourself. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna be named that sound. Just click, click, click. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Spider Pig. <laughs>
Mm-hmm. Pig farts. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you need a rocket ship for? <laughs> the pig Why are we farts. quoting Harry Potter musical all of a sudden? Jeff, I don't know. <laughs> it's difficult. Sorry. Listener results. Hyphen. Name colon Cedar Girl. Location colon wait. <laughs> Location colon that's not good. Don't. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry, I'm reading my stage directions again. Whoopsie. I don't think he and Perry will have to take out Mac and Billy on Alcatraz because I don't think they'll realize they'll release the month. Sorry. <laughs> Can you tell I've been reading a script for the last six months in old English? <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Uh, what am I doing? Reading. <laughs> the next QOM response. You're laughing. There we go. Okay. <laughs> My name is Rachel, I think. Um, or you can email the individual Potter Potter Pottercasters. What what are we talking about? <laughs> are we talking about what book? Partycasters. <laughs> we are the original Partycasters. Here comes the party. <laughs>